Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. Welcome back to the Diverse Tech Founders podcast, and we have another hometown edition with Bjorn Simmons, aka BK, and I'm excited for this one, one, because you're showing me the space, which is awesome. I got to be honest with you, I didn't realize that Little Rock had not one, but two tech spaces. This one specifically focused on your thesis, which we'll get into here in a minute, but talk to us about who you are today, both as a founder and venture capitalist, but we're going to start with you where we typically start before you join High Street as a venture partner, which we'll talk about before your experience exiting a tech startup, but take us back to when you were a kid, because I think we met, honestly, probably through my sister, right? Mm. My sister, Carmen, and you probably know her better than I know you. So this will get a chance for us to get to know each other a little bit better. So the first question is, talk to us about your younger self and if younger you would be friends with you today. So one, thanks. I, I love your platform. I love everything you've been doing in this space. We actually met through Eddie Armstrong way back in the gap, being from North Little Rock. <laughs> and so Eddie connected us. I think we just jumped on a call at that point because we were all over the country. And he tried to connect us at, at, when you were, I think you were still in school. And I don't know where I was at the time, man. But super excited to see all your growth and progress. And then your sister reconnected us when I was doing, doing some work in Northwest Arkansas. But with my younger self, with my the kid BK be friends with who I am now. I think the kid BK would be extremely proud of where I am now. I think he would get more confidence in charting his own path because I didn't realize it was okay to chart my own path until I became an adult. But I was always doing it, but I did it through the lens of what you're supposed to do coming up, especially through high school. And I think I started to adjust maybe some in college, but it wasn't until I was an adult and then the world that I started really appreciating being unique and going quite gambit, if you will, <laughs> in my path and uh, getting to where I am today. So I think the younger version of myself would be quite assured and proud that it's okay to be that unique, different individual that I always was and that I learned to mask in order to fit in, <laughs> which is important as a kid. That's excellent. And one of the things I love about your person is your authenticity. And I'm glad that you kind of Look, when you were a kid, you didn't even know that a lot of this was possible, right? But now today, if you were to look back, it would still line up with what was inside of you the whole time. So I feel like one of the things that gets us to jump in is the first time where we really start to touch technology or innovation or investing in a way where we're like, wait a minute, I didn't know that people like me could do things like this. So talk to us about your earliest experiences with technology and innovation. Uh, was it as a kid? Did it come later on once you hit you know, university or afterwards? Like, When would you feel like you said, okay, now I'm in the tech, now I'm in the VC, now I'm in the investing? Like, or before that, when you started to begin to scratch that itch? I was in the technology as a kid. I remember not having a computer at home. And my older brother's best friend had a computer, Aaron, in Flint, Michigan, across the street. And we used to go over there all the time just to be on his computer. Of course, Aaron thought I was really his friend. I wasn't really his friend. My brother was his friend. I was just over there to be able to get on the computer. So I would hope that they would play the game so that I can get on the computer and play the Sims. But when they realized that I wanted to be on the computer, you know, they was, you know, being big brothers, man, and trying to keep me out <laughs> from, from that space. But I remember that kid. Like, I remember being fascinated about how computers worked at, at a young age. I remember spending hours playing the Sims and other computers 
the games and spending hours at the library because at that time when I was, you know, K-5, we didn't have a computer in the house, right? And so I was the kid that was in the library after school. I was going to Books a Million on the weekends, trading Pokemon cards, you know what I mean? I was always that kid with, with, that I was with to go find my outlet. And so it was from a kid that was really fascinated by technology and understood the opportunities that were going to come from that, me and I chat rooms and black planning and all those things at a young age i was probably definitely 13 seeing a six location in somebody's chat room until i got my own space but you know those that was my introduction and i think i didn't embrace this world of innovation i actually remember that moment too as a possibility for a career path when i went to south by southwest in 2014 and from the moment you got the plane you just saw innovation around you surround you immersed in it are you seeing big brands like facebook and youtube partner with planes and flying banners over talking about, you know, download, use this code, right? And that was my first time seeing a QR code and all these things and going from a tech summit in the conference to a music experience all in the same space. I, I knew that was where I needed to be. And I've been making my, my way through in this space ever since. That is super interesting. And you must be a nineties baby talking about the Sims <laughs> and Pokemon cards, Black Planet and all that. But I'm glad that you made it to South by Southwest back in 2014 because it set you on a path to where you have some experience, you know, working for a startup with the startup, having an exit, right? And then also now, you know, as a venture capitalist, but you've done so much more in between with respect to ecosystem building, which is what you're doing here. But let's focus on your current role right now as a venture partner for High Street Equity Partners. So what is High Street for those who don't know and from where did this idea originate and how did you break into it? High Street is a venture capital firm committed to funding diverse founders. We are looking at companies that are post-revenue, tech and tech-enabled. We like spaces around future work, online digital marketplaces, looking at some biotech and medical spaces as well. Industry agnostic all around, but really excited about some of the things that come through the pipeline. The company was actually founded by Mitch Brooks and Tristan Wilkinson. Tristan and I connected as he's from Arkansas as well, from Little Rock, Arkansas. And we connected and did some work years ago when he was just touring around the idea of High Street and we kept that relationship. And once things got more formalized, he brought me onto the team, man. And I'm excited to be here because one, it's been really important as I've been back in Arkansas to attract a true VC to Arkansas. Now, I did exit the company, but we didn't have the kind of exit that allowed me to fund my own VC fund to start here, but to be able to attract capital like High Street and help be a part of uh, the foundation as well as the scalability of a firm like that that's dedicating and truly investing here in Arkansas is a full circle moment for me. So excited to be a part of it. Okay, so let's pause here for a minute and stay here and dig a little deeper because a lot of questions come to mind, especially, you know, being from this area and I empathize with you. Like when you're growing up, it's very different from the vibe that you got at South by Southwest and along your journey. So what does it take would you say to be a venture partner here in Little Rock and for a fund that has had some pretty cool investments so far, at least among the founding team? And did you play a role in them coming to Little Rock? How did you sell them on Little Rock? So two questions. One, what does it take? Two, how the heck did you get them to come back here and to see the opportunity that we know was here the whole time? That's a great question, man. What does it take to be a venture partner and add value in Arkansas? I think you really have to come with a different mind. You have to be very open to embracing innovation 
You have to be ready to face adversity. You also have to be committed to the vision of seeing what the other side of the groundwork looks like, right? You have to believe that there's a functioning space for a venture capital firm to be here in Arkansas. What does that mean? You have to believe that there are technologies, there are people who are going to build scalable technologies, there are technologists here, there are innovators here, there are entrepreneurs who need access to that level of capital and have to connect the capital to the entrepreneurs, right? And so you have to believe that we have founders, then you have to assure the investors that their time spent here is warranted. Okay, so did you take them around town and like get them to shake the hands of developers and founders? Like how did they, how did you sell it for them? How did you close them? So I think it was a little bit of everything, right? So I'm an ecosystem builder, right? So I've been in other spaces and I understand how ecosystems work. I understand that you have to be a catalyst and connecting founders with resources, whether that's corporations, that's investors, that's universities, that's government institutions, entrepreneurs, organizations, you have to be the conduit to kind of catalyze those connections. And so when it came to High Street, Tristan and I were actually working on a project together called Seed. And it was a research project all around this space. And I approached Tristan as an angel investor for another company that I was representing at that time called Truck Please. And so Truck Please made the introduction between me, myself, and Tristan to help them close an angel deal. <laughs> so I came in representing Truck Please, got Tristan to invest as an angel into Truck Please. And from there, Tristan and Mitch came together, who had been done doing angel investments for some time uh, prior to us connecting and shared their vision for creating a venture capital firm. And so a lot of that was laying the groundwork saying, hey, it's needed. Arkansas is going to support. I can try to help you kind of corral some of that support. And then going to the champions here in Arkansas and saying, hey, High Street is actively investing here in Arkansas and they're, they're willing to establish a headquarters here, which is a big deal when you talk about place in an ecosystem, right, and having proximity to capital. This is the first and only black-led venture capital firm in the state. Uh, And so that says a lot. And for that capital, you know, Mitch is based in D.C. and Tristan spends a lot of time in D.C. So for them to even see the opportunity here in Arkansas, it says a lot, especially with the resources and the network they've already curated. And so High Street brings more than just capital to Arkansas. It brings a robust network of resources, as well as a pipeline for other companies to see if there are opportunities to engage, build, do deals here in Arkansas as well. And so for a place that is not as progressive as others, right? Seeing success matters, representation matters. And so showing a successful model in High Street that is doing this, actively investing in these companies, it's going to be monumental for what happens in the future. And I think all of this is just a groundwork for real, a true catalytic activity. I love that. So two questions. They're not related at all. So take your choice, pick your adventure here. Talk a little bit more about your angel investing background, because it's not uncommon for emerging managers like yourself to have had angel experience or to have you know placed bets or have been a scout for other people, larger funds. So what does that mean for you and how did that whole thing work for you as an angel because i think a lot of people are interested in that and then secondly again unrelated who needs to know that high street is doing this here in the local ecosystem for it to work i'm gonna start with your second question first who needs to know i think innovators and entrepreneurs even the young people need to know that there is a capital source that's looking at truly disruptive technologies and scalable tech-based businesses here in Arkansas, right, led by people of color. The challenge and the hurdle that, you know, diverse founders run into when pitching to VCs has a lot of pressure when you don't see representation at the table, 
right? An additional level of pressure that I think a lot of our white counterparts don't truly understand. They'll never be able to understand. And so being able to have representation that can that you can relate to makes a lot of sense. It removes a barrier that's readily present in other VC spaces, in the, in the, in the natural VC space. Understand there's a new resource here for black innovators and black entrepreneurs in the, in the, in the startup community. Before you move on to that, to that question, it's just a lot here, man. So, okay, we're at this table. We're actually sitting at a round table right now with four chairs. We're in two of them. So let's say, you know, bloop, we got two more people here. They have deep pockets. They look like us. What else are we going to get as founders when a firm like High Street comes to the table? Like, what else would you say are they bringing other than the familiarity and the comfort of being in our community? So a couple of things. And so High Street should bring a network of investors with it. High Street does provide a network of resources. One of the things I really like about the firm so far is that the team is built out to provide one-on-ones and additional supports to not even just companies they invest in, but just companies within the pipeline who they have interest in. So when they say that it may be a not now for the investment, but we want to continue to work with you, they mean it, right? And they are going to spend their time and making connections, doing, all, doing things to try to support you along your journey. So that Support is valuable <laughs> when you talk about the entrepreneurial journey, especially as a startup, because this can be a very isolated space. Your friends, your family may not understand. I don't even know if my mom still understands what I do right now. <laughs> but having resources and with people in proximity that you can trust that are really here to you know support you along your journey matters and it make and, and it's a game changer in this sense because not only can you get the relationship, but you can also get access to that capital. Arkansas as a state needs more active capital so that, you know, our even our corporate professionals can trust that there's a true opportunity in entrepreneurship here in Arkansas, right? And being able to have an idea, turn that idea into a, a product, turn that product into a company and get the, the capital you need in order to scale that into, you know, the next unicorn or the next Uber, Facebook, whatever, or even if it's not a billion dollar company, next hundred million dollar company, because we need more of those 50 to $100 million companies active right here because that's true wealth generation, right? I mean, it's more than your mom and pop shop that you see on, you know, everyday Main Street. So this is a pivotal moment for the state of Arkansas. First of all, thank you for that. That is great. And you are really selling the state. Many people probably do know about Little Rock, but not as intimately as you do. So you're really putting on it. I got to give you your props for that. Let's go back to what prepared you for this moment. You have some, you know, previous experience, like I said, with, with the exit and also angel investing. But what is something that most surprised you when you like kind of switched over to the venture side on a more full time basis? You know, what was it about your ecosystem building angel and, you know, company experience that was useful but also that you had to kind of relearn or rethink about from a different perspective? I remember the moment when I was working in Cincinnati and that I had this epiphany that I'm doing all this great work and I feel like I'm really supporting and changing the game here in Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati is a great model if anybody wants a case study on how a startup ecosystem can change the city and drive change in the city. I think what a startup Cincy and the Black Founders Network or Meetup has now turned into for that city, Lightship Capital, other things, the successful company like Black Owned and um kick lead with the Cincinnati Music Accelerator. Like I witnessed a lot of that. You know, organizations like Mortar becoming who they are today. So I witnessed that, the pivotal moment. And so I remember that moment where I was doing that work in, across the country in, in cities like Cincinnati and it did connect to Arkansas, right? And I wasn't able to support 
Arkansas, my cousins, my friends I grew up with, entrepreneurs in Arkansas, and there was still a huge gap. I think I've always internally held on to that. And so when the opportunity came to come back to Arkansas, initially I was in Benville for two years and founded and launched um, Venture Noir. And that still, <laughs> quietly, wasn't enough because it didn't connect to Little Rock. And I'm from Little Rock, right? And so it, there's a clear disconnect between Northwest Arkansas and Central Arkansas. And, uh, and it's really unfortunate, I think, it's to the detriment of the state. Well, what's happening there? And do you see that happening in other states? What's unique about that and the positioning for the people who don't know, who aren't from Arkansas? You know, Northwest Arkansas, Benville, Fayetteville, Rogers, Springdale is skyrocketing. It's, it's, growing, it's probably one of the fastest growing um, regions in the country. They are growing in the hospitality and biking space, outdoors activities, startup and innovation. Of course, they have a huge and strong capital or corporate corporate network and even capital and philanthropic community as well. And so they are intentional about the next generation of Northwest Arkansas. And it's incredible to see. And I love, you know, playing leadership roles um, up there with the university and organizations like Cash and things like that. I'm very, very passionate and love being a part of that. Central Arkansas isn't quite there yet. But I feel like the work we're doing now is going to be catalytic to that shift, right? And because I've seen it happen before. And so once we get the right powers that be, right, <laughs> to, to join us on this mission, to be even more intentional about what's happening here, we're going to see that upshift as well. And I'm, I'm excited to see that. That's good. And I'm actually really glad that you drew that distinction because juxtaposing Northwest and Central Arkansas is probably what a lot of people can relate to. And one of the things that's gonna be useful or helpful as you continue to move and progress and be a part of the change or evolution that's happening here is traction. So what evidence of traction are you seeing here in the Little Rock startup ecosystem that other people should look to, can draw from, and that is giving you increasing and expansive support across the country and really the world. One example of this is just being in this space, Rocket Labs, right? We're sitting in it, right? Is this is a, Rocket Labs is a you know, co-working space for entrepreneurs of color, includes makerspace, it has brick and mortar space, it has co-working space, high speed internet, I mean, even presentation space, right? To do big meetings and things like that and presentations. So that, yeah, they host events, they have programs, Remix Labs is out of here, Benito's done a great job in creating, getting this space to where it is. And it's a public-private partnership supported by Arkansas Library System, right? And so when you start seeing um, the tangible growth in the ecosystem, that's when you can really start getting excited. So with now the next phase of this is activating this space, making sure it's buzzing to where it, it grows out of itself. That is something to be excited about. You know, Little Rock has a tech park now. You have organizations like the Venture Center who just hosted a, a Vincent Summit all around fintech solutions and, you know, bringing some world-class and world-recognized corporations and startups here to Little Rock to talk about fintech, right? And so that's that's huge. And Little Rock, I'm not now in this space of, I'm not not necessarily locked into an ecosystem, right? I like to connect founders where it makes sense. I love the exchange of startups and innovation, being able to take a startup from a Little Rock to a Cincinnati to a San Francisco to Atlanta, wherever. I love that 
that work. And I think it makes sense when we're talking about building solid, strong, successful businesses, right? You may be based somewhere, but you may do great business and make your money elsewhere, have investors from other places, right? And so the global economy is readily available for black and brown entrepreneurs to take advantage of. And we don't oftentimes invite ourselves into that space or encourage our community to, to come to that space. And so I'm really excited about that. I would say look at Arkansas as a state and where it's going and where it's trying to go, right? Norfolk, Arkansas has an incredible opportunity with, you know, Walmart and the Walmart Family Foundation and Startup Junkie, some of those organizations up there, organizations like Cash who are promoting uh, the arts. If you look at the opportunity in Arkansas, look at it from a statewide perspective. When we start, and, you know, keep a watch on what we're doing from High Street as well as the Foundation for Social Impact, which is the other half of my work where I'm the managing director and I manage our innovation, entrepreneurship, and economic mobility uh, portfolio. I have experienced and saw how people within the BIPOC community don't feel invited or a part of the startup ecosystem or the startup community, things like that. And we want to really break down that barrier, especially with a diversity like Little Rock that is, you know, almost 50-50 when it comes to black black and white representation, and not black and brown and white representation. So just removing some of those barriers, creating really strong programs and really connecting entrepreneurs to the to the right resources with integrity is is kind of where I want to, I like to stay. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Diverse Tech Founders Podcast. I'm Abraham J. Williamson, and we had yet another great guests to pop in. And if you enjoyed today's podcast recording, please give us a rating. You can do it right now on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and we'll see you next week.